0: Good morning, Christ Journey Church. How awesome it is to be in God's house today. Today, I can say happy birthday, church, Big C Church, because today is Pentecost. Now, I have a... Amen, corner over there. Now, 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 for those of us who aren't um, familiar with church calendars and stuff, Pentecost simply is a celebration of the birth of the church. And that is when 120 people gathered in an upper room met and experienced the overwhelming power of the Spirit of God. And the Scriptures tell us that the Holy Spirit descended on them and it was as if flames of fire sat on their heads. And so began the ministry and work of the church, proclaiming the life-changing message of Jesus Christ. So happy birthday, church, Big C Church. Today is a special day. And uh, I want to welcome especially those of you who are joining us online, uh, wherever you are, whether it's in, in Antigua or in Colorado or anywhere else across the world, welcome. We are glad that you chose to stop by our church online and to connect with us. And a special hello to my people in Kendall. Hey, Kendall, let me hear you shout. Uh, (laughs) I I will be there next week, I promise. But uh, it's so good to to be here today. It is so good to be able uh, to have the privilege and joy of closing out the series that we have been in. It's all about the people. And today it's about the people's security. And uh, I'll be going through quite a few um, passages of scripture. So here's a little hint I'll give you: uh, take out your phone. There's a Christ Journey app installed on your phone, I imagine. If it is not, I'll get it there. Um, and uh, you can follow along in the notes, uh, either in the fill-in-the-blank notes or in the um, in the PDF, uh, so that you can track along as we go through the scriptures. They'll be on the screen on the screen also, but. Um, if you ever want to go back and reference all the scriptures that we went through today, you, you have that resource. And and here's another little thing that you can do, memorize a couple of them. You may find them to be helpful uh, as, as you go through the coming week. Um, we all want to feel safe, I'm sure we can agree with that premise that Safety is something that is a priority in most of our lives. Um, We go through significant lengths to protect the things we care about and that are important to us. Uh, I have here in my hand, uh, this is a transmitter fob for my car. I'm sure most of you are familiar with this, that you have seen it. Chances are you have one yourself. And if you do, go ahead and take it out. Join me in this little, in this little um, if, if you're at home, uh, go ahead and, and find yours and take it out too. But, but this is not your grandfather's car keys, right? Um, back in the day, car keys had this little metal thing and you turn it in and you and twist it until the car started. Now you just go in your car, at least for mine, and I just press a button and the thing fires up. Now, this is a marvel of technology, because without it, well, well, well with it, I can, I can be outside of my car and start it. How cool is that? Uh, and then, but, but, but if I left it at home, there is, or if I lost it, I can't, you know, I can't do anything. But here is a really cool trick. There's this little lock button up here. And if I press it, as I'm leaving my car, it gives me this reassuring chirp that lets me know what? That my car is secure, that it is safe. And I'm sure if you press yours too, you'll be freaking out people in the car, car parking lot because all the cars are gonna be chirping. So don't press your button, all right? Don't, don't do it. Uh, you know what, let's be safe, let's, let's put these away. Also in the last 14 months, we have been through an exercise in health safety. Uh, there's been the constant presence of masks, Hand sanitizers, as you came in through the doors, those of you who came in here at Gables or at Kendall, you're getting hand sanitizers. Um, We practice social distancing all in an effort to protect ourselves from what can be a deadly virus, SARS-COVID. Today, many of us have been vaccinated or will be getting vaccines uh, so that we'll have some measure of protection uh, both now and in the future. We also have safe safety systems for our homes and for our personal devices. Should be no surprise to us then that we can say with certainty that we are a security conscious people. More so today than at any other time in our history. Uh, most of you, I think, can give anecdotes of where you could leave your home doors unlocked and no, and you wouldn't be worried about anybody um, violating your property. Not so today. We have to keep these things under lock and key. Um, the, the reason is simple. We have threats around us everywhere. There are threats to our health, threats to the things we possess in our homes and in our automobiles. There are threats to people getting our personal inf- in information, and so we use LifeLock and stuff to protect our data. And then we have passwords, all oh, those annoying passwords. Um, how many of us have to enter a password at least once a day, right? You- Yes, we all do. As a matter of fact, if you are at home watching us now, chances are you had to enter a password to the device you're watching us on, so that you can watch it on, watch us. Right? So, a recent survey by Norpass, it's an organization that that tracks this kind of stuff. They found that the average person has 100 password gateways. That is they have 100 different types of accounts or devices that they have to enter a password into in order to get there. That means if you follow the logic and if you follow what the security experts teach us, we potentially have 100 different passwords. Now my brain cannot hold 100 different passwords and and so even protecting our personal information can be a challenge <laughs> but but here's the thought without threats we wouldn't need all of this we wouldn't need this fancy car fob we wouldn't need our cameras at home we wouldn't need passwords because threats abound we need them but here's a more frightening thought none of those security devices not one of them is 100% foolproof. There are always vulnerabilities to the things we protect, and there is always someone or something trying, poking around, trying to find a way to get through even the smallest of openings. As a matter of fact, the bubble around the President of the United States is considered arguably to be one of the most secure in the world. Anywhere the President goes, there is a bubble of security around him, and it seems to be impenetrable, very secure. Uh, The Secret Service, which is tasked with protecting our President, is constantly monitoring for and mitigating threats against the President. And yet, In March 30, 1981, then-President Ronald Reagan was shot by John Hinckley, Jr., and three other persons in the president's bubble was also shot. So you see, despite all the precautions and all the security protocols, John Hinckley, Jr. was able to penetrate a vulnerable spot and harm the president of the United States. Not even the president is 100% secure. The Apostle Peter writing in 1 Peter 5.8 says this. He says, stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. (laughs) Here Peter is reminding us that even in our spiritual lives, We do face threats and we need to be vigilant and guard our vulnerable areas lest those threats coming from our enemy, the devil, get us. Throughout the book of 1 John that we have been looking through the past weeks, we have seen a recurring theme, and it's like this in 1 John 2, verse 1, you see the words, don't sin. In 1 John 3, verse 4, sin breaks God's law. In 1 John 3, verse 5, Jesus came to take away our sins. 1 John 3, verse 6, if we stay close to Christ, we keep sin at bay. But anyone who keeps on sinning doesn't know or understand Christ. Now, perhaps you're here and... You have stayed away from the church for a while, and um, one of the reasons why you, you, you say, man, these church people, they are all judgmental. Every time I go around a Christian, they tell me how I'm messing up and how, they, you know, they, they throw that three-letter word at me and talk about sin. And, and, and so you're hearing me talking about sin now and reading these passages on, on, on sin, and, and your defenses are up. And, and I'm sure probably some may be saying, hey, don't judge me, bro. You know, I sin, you sin, we all sin, and, and that is true. But, but here's the truth that John was trying to instill in those of us who have said yes to Christ and made Him the Lord of our lives. This truth is woven throughout the letter of First John, and it is not so much about judgment about our sin, but it is about what Christ has done about our sin. And it is this in 1 John 2 verse 12, your sins have been forgiven through Jesus Christ. And so the reminder for us is that we are a people who are forgiven. And as a result of our forgiveness through the payment of our sin debt, we are now His people. We are part of His family. John puts it like this in 1 John 3 verse 1. See how very much the Father loves us, for He calls us His children, and that is what we are. John's point to us is, not of, is, is one of admonition. It's kind of a warning. He say, "Hey, hey, be careful here." He's not giving a statement of judgment. Christ took care of our sin problem, and we are now His people, therefore we can't continue to habitually do the things that go contrary to his nature and so here friends we have it in full first john 3 4 through 6 everyone who sins is breaking god's law for all sin is contrary to the law of god and you know that jesus came to take away our sins and there is no sin in him anyone who continues to live in him will not sin. But anyone who keeps on sinning does not understand who he is. And so, as John concludes this letter, in our focal passage today, 1 John 5, 18 through 21, John provides a final reminder with some things he asserts that we know. And you'll be hearing through these verses various things that John says, we know, we know, we know. So, here's his basic thesis. We know we are secure. We know we are secure. Look at at what John teaches in 1 John 5 verse 18. We know that God's children do not make a practice of sinning, for God Holds them securely, and the evil one cannot touch them. Where did John get this idea from? Well, from Jesus Himself in the Gospel of John. Verse ten, verses twenty, um, chapter ten, verses twenty-seven through twenty-nine. Jesus says this: My sheep listen to my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me, for my Father has given them to me, and he's more powerful than anyone else. No one can snatch them from the Father's hand. We know, therefore, That anyone who has said yes to Jesus and establishes him as Lord is secure. This is not a security that has a chance of failure like all the security protocols we have in place. Oh, oh no. This security is sure. This is 100%. This is unequivocal. This is eternal. This is a security that comes through our salvation through Jesus Christ. The scriptures tell us over and over of this truth. In Acts 4 verse 12, there is no salvation in anyone else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. Acts 16 verse 31, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Romans 10 verse 9, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so we see a consistent theme here that Jesus is the source of our salvation. He is the one who saves us. He is the one that once and for all paid that price for our sinful state he redeems us that is he paid the price for our sin he justifies us that is he made us whole and righteous because he paid the price for our sin and as a result we have salvation we are saved whenever we say yes and accept this awesome gift my grandparents raised me they took me as a child from I was 14 months old, so I've been told. And because of their influence in my life, I experienced this truth of salvation around a dining table after dinner one day as a nine-year-old child. It was around that dining table that I committed my life to Christ. I surrendered my heart, and I decided to follow Him. And since that day, I've been on a path following Christ, not perfectly, but consistently. Christ has been a consistent feature, presence in my life. And I know that I am secure. I have no doubt about it, simply because of what Jesus has done for me. It is not because of my righteousness, because I'm not righteous, or my good works, because sometimes I mess up, but it is because of His grace that is extended to me and covers me each and every day. I got baptized at the age of ten in a river, early one Sunday morning in Jamaica, Yaman. in the Yaman, <laughs> in the village, <laughs> in the village where I was raised, and. Um, It's June 2nd, 1974 to be exact. In Unity Baptist Church, after baptism, Unity Baptist Church, there's a picture of the church that I grew up in. Um, Legend has it that I learned to walk in that church, Um, but again, so I've been told, Um, but it's in that church. That church was built in the 1860s, and after baptism, I was in church this Sunday morning, and one of the hymns that were sung that day, I remember it to this day because of the impact those lyrics had on my young heart. And chances are you have never heard the hymn before, so I want to hear it today. So I'm inviting two of my friends, well, three of my friends to come and help me out. All right, is that all right? Can I I have some friends come and help me? So we have George, Enzi, and Raphael. Here we go. i so- for the next verse let's all sing together man that that brought back some memories (laughs) did did anybody ever heard hear that hymn before anyone no okay I thought so Um, (laughs) so the bottom line is we all want to be secure people and and our eternal security matters to us because there's no security greater than that as a young child I realize the truth that Jesus saved and his salvation is permanent. It is sure. I want you to share in that if you have not taken that step. And so I'm inserting a little spot right now and inviting you that if you haven't taken the step to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior and as your Lord, the ultimate protection for your eternal security. Do that today. Wherever you are, whether you're watching us online or seated right here in this room or at our campus in Kendall, if Jesus isn't the Lord and CEO of your life, do it today. If he's tapping you on the shoulders right now and you feel that stirring within you to say yes, say yes. We as a church are committed to walking alongside you on this journey. And we want to know every time any one of us is taking that next step. But this first step of saying yes is the most important one. Because it's the one that guarantees our eternal security. And so if you are saying yes to Jesus, even in this moment, go ahead and text us, connect at 786 610 10 10. Do it now. Do it right now. Connect 786 610 10 10. We want to know and we want to celebrate with you and we want to recognize you a little bit later on in the experience. Jesus not only saves us, but Jesus keeps us. That is, He keeps us safe. He keeps us secure. He keeps us in his grasp, and he will never let go. John 15 verse 19 says, and this is one of the other we know statements, we know we are God's children. I told you that I spent my early years with my grandparents, and my grandfather was a farmer, so I spent it on their farm in Bunkers Hill Trelawney, Jamaica in the heart of the cockpit country uh, and that's where I spent my early childhood. Very often as a child I saw a sight on that farm and it's a sight of a mother hen because we had chickens and it's a mother hen gathering her chicks under her wings and and she would do it in such a way that that you know when the chicks get under the wings and and the mother hen covers them Keeps them, if you will. We no longer see the chicks, just the mother hen. So take a look at this video. Oh, it's up there already. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? Right? They, they ran in and they got tucked in right under there, under the wings. And now chickens are safe. Mother hen is there protecting them. Um, you know, the Bible has rich images of God as mother hen desiring to protect us as a hen protects her chickens. And I find comfort in the fact that we are part of God's family and we are part of his protection. We are his and he keeps us. As Jesus keeps us, he gathers us in such a way that we are no longer seen, but we still see him others no longer see us but they see Christ in us i am reminded of Paul's words in Galatians 2 verse 20. my old self has been crucified with Christ it is no longer i who lived but Christ lives in me so i live in this earthly body by trusting in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Now, and very often as Christians, we like to say, well, I'm living Christ-like or I'm glorifying Christ in my behavior. But Paul didn't say that. Paul didn't say I live in a Christ-like way or I glorify Christ through my behavior. No, he said, I am not living. Christ is living in me clearly showing us that Christ lives in his believers. And because Christ lives in us, the Christian life is not a matter of trying to behave like Christ or trying to do good, but of minimizing who we are, our will, our desires, our agendas, and allowing him to live in us and through us so others see less of us and more of Christ. That as we walk around the world, around us, people are seeing not Lance Brown, but they are seeing Jesus Christ living in Lance Brown. They are not seeing you, but Christ living in you. Less of you, more of him. The keeper of our lives, Jesus Christ, can only be the keeper if we are willing to let him keep us In Matthew 23, we hear Jesus, and it was a lament over Jerusalem, lamenting the stubborn hearts that pull us from him and his protection into a life of self-sufficiency and pride. This is what Jesus said in Matthew 23, 37, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how often have I longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings? And you were not willing Is Christ trying to protect us today, and we're just wandering off on our own thing, following our own agendas, because we're not willing? It is through our willingness to yield ourselves to His embrace and His all-encompassing love and grace that we will experience His full protection. It's not reasonable, it really isn't reasonable to expect protection if In our stubbornness, we wander away from the shelter of Christ's wings. In Psalm 91, verses 1 through 4, we read of the benefit of staying close to God. So, I want you to picture this for a minute. And so, because I want you to picture it, the words are not on the screen. So, just close your eyes and listen to this psalm those who find who live in the shelter of the most high will find rest in the shadow of the almighty this i declare about the lord he alone is my refuge my place of safety he is my god and i trust him for he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from every deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. What a wonderful picture that is of the shelter of God's protection. And so if you're still at the place we are trying to do this life on your own, my encouragement to you, My admonition is don't. Make Christ the center of everything, the center of who you are and all that you do, step by step, day by day, moment by moment. Less of me, more of him. Can we as a people, can we, As people who have said yes to Jesus, commit to that simple, simple step, less of us, more of him, if we will, can we just say an amen for that? Amen. Amen. Jesus saves us, Jesus keeps us, and Jesus satisfies us. There is no other solution to our eternal security problem than Jesus himself. He alone can meet that need. He alone can satisfy us. 1 John 5 verse 20 says this, We know that the Son of God has come, and He has given us understanding so that we know the true God. And now we live in fellowship with the true God because we live in fellowship with His Son, Jesus Christ. He is the only true God. And He is eternal life. Too often, too often, we try to find other answers or additional answers to our spiritual questions. We go searching and looking at other sources to meet our eternal security needs. But here John is reminding us of this truth, that our God is the only true God, that He is the only source of eternal life. And it is up to us to be cool with that. We shouldn't be running around looking for other answers when we have the only answer, Jesus Christ, our Savior and our God. Otherwise, we will run the risk as believers in Christ to expose ourselves to vulnerabilities that we have no business getting into. In Proverbs 4, 20 through 23, Solomon gives us these words of wisdom. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Avoid all perverse talk. Stay away from corrupt speech. Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet and stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. The translation for the word guard in the original language that this proverb was written, Hebrew, means literally to keep above all keepings. To keep above all keepings. So, above all that we protect. Whether it is our cars, our homes, our possessions, our passwords, above all the things that we protect, the most important thing we can protect is our hearts, not the little thing that goes in our chest, the heart which is the seat of our passions because it is the area of greatest vulnerability. And that is where the evil one seeks to attack. That's what 1 Peter 5 was reminding us about. Look out because there's someone looking for a vulnerable spot and he's targeting. He has a bullseye on our hearts because that is where he can get us. Paul in Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says this about how Christ is just enough for us. And he says it addressing our hearts. He says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Let me say that again. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for what He has done. Then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. And his peace will, say these words with me, guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Hmm. That's the solution. Want to keep your heart safe? Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for what he has done. And then we'll experience some peace. And that peace comes from God because it's better than anything we could ever imagine. And that peace will keep our hearts safe. So, how do we guard our hearts? There it is. We got the prescription. Know that Jesus is enough. We need nothing else, we need no one else, we need no other philosophy, just Jesus. And the good news. Of his saving grace. As I told you earlier, the last assassination attempt on the President of the United States was in 1981. And since then, the Secret Service has had a successful run over the last 40 years in keeping its most important protectee safe from harm. One of the lesser known policies the Secret Service has adopted is this no president is permitted to drive an automobile on public roads, not while in office or after they have left office. And the reason is simple. Well, well, the last president that did that was Lyndon B. Johnson. Lyndon B. Johnson is the last president that drove a vehicle on a public road. No other president since him has done that. And the reason is simple. In order to ensure the highest level of, ser- of, of safety, the Secret Service must be sufficient to drive them around, because no matter how skillful a driver the president may be, they will not be as skillful as a specially trained secret service agent driving for them. Now, the the president does have the right and the power to override this guideline since it's not law, But everyone since Johnson has yielded that right to the wisdom and sufficiency of the secret service. And the same is true for us as God's people. No matter how good we think we are, no matter how awesome another philosophy or alternative to Christ may seem, Hear me, there is nothing that can be better than the eternal security we find in Christ. No matter how attractive a path may be, if it is not rooted and built on the foundations of Christ and His sacrificial love for us, the love that never fails, the love that never gives up, the love that never runs out, as the song puts it, it will only be a fake path. A path that looks like the real thing, but upon closer examination is but a poor substitute for the security we have in Christ if we yield our wheels to His sufficiency. I mean, think about it. Why would we have a -a rent-a-cop for our security? When we have the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Lord, the God of angel armies on our side. Come on, somebody. So John ends this letter of 1 John with this following verse. And it's a verse that just puts a capstone on everything. First John 5 verse 21, dear children, keep away from anything that might take God's place in your hearts. That's it. Guard your heart. Guard your heart because Jesus died to save you. Guard your heart because Jesus is the keeper of our souls. Guard your heart because Jesus, he is the real deal. He is the all-sufficient, the all-true God. Guard your heart because we, God's people, are secure when we accept his gift of salvation when we depend on His protecting presence, and when we yield to His sufficiency. Pray with me. If you made a decision early today to accept Jesus as your Savior and Lord, I want to say a special prayer over you. And if you did that, just go ahead and pop your hand up. If you're here, do it. And if you're at the Kendall campus, go ahead and do it also. One of the pastors, thank you. Thank you so much. If you're online watching us, you can put it in the chat that you made that decision. And one of our hosts will be be acknowledging that and we'll be praying for you. Also, if you're here and um, you have wandered away from the, the, the protective embrace of Christ, Come back home. You are his child. You are, his, you are part of his family. Don't go too far. Come come back home. And if you're still trying to do this life on your own and you think you're, you have some answers, know that you don't. Jesus is the answer. He is the all-sufficient one. And so, God, we thank you. I thank you for those who put their hands up. I thank you for those who have made the decision. The scriptures tell us that heaven rejoices by one who has said yes to you. And so today, Lord, we rejoice and we say thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for, for this work. And thank you, God, that all of us who are part of your family, we are part of your embrace under your wings safely abiding in your protective embrace. Thank you for keeping us and satisfying us. We love you. We thank you for loving us first. And all God's people will agree and say, amen. Amen.